Of all the holidays celebrated on the secular calendar, perhaps none is as perplexing and unusual as April Fool's Day. Falling on April 1st each year, the occasion is marked with practical jokes and mischievous mayhem of all kinds. Take, for example, the classic episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, where the titular character carries out a series of hilarious but harmless pranks on friends and co-workers on the day in question, only to be the brunt of the ultimate joke carried out by his ne'er-do-well neighbor, Squidward. A humorous holiday in which revelers partake in practical jokes? Where does this come from? Even the most fun holidays, such as Halloween or St. Patrick's Day, have considerably somber origins, the former being the Celtic celebration of the dead, and the latter marking the death of St. Patrick. Just when and how did April Fool's Day originate? The answers might surprise you. I'm Chester Sakamoto, your host, and welcome back to the History Loves Company podcast. No joke, because history is shaped by all of us. Though the specific origins of April Fool's Day are unknown, there are several sources which continue to be studied and analyzed by historians and scholars alike. In this episode, I will present you with a few of these reigning theories as to the birth of this most fascinating annual tradition. One of them involves an entirely different calendar than the one we use now. In 1582, Pope Gregory XIII introduced a new dating system that followed the sun instead of lunar cycles. Now known as the Gregorian calendar, it was adopted that same year in France and replaced the earlier Julian calendar, named after its creator Julius Caesar, which the bulk of Western Europe had used since Roman times. As we all know, the Gregorian calendar begins in the dead of winter on January 1st, whereas the Julian calendar began on or around the vernal equinox, that is, the first day of spring, which would often fall on what we now know as April 1st. Per papal decree, which demanded the immediate switch to Pope Gregory's calendar, those who hadn't been informed of the change were known as April Fools for celebrating the new year per the old Julian system. Those who continued to celebrate the old year were mocked and ridiculed by those who'd made the transition, and it was at this time that the first April Fools pranks were put into practice. For example, paper fish would be placed on the backs of followers of the old Julian system, and they would jokingly be called poisson d'avril, literally April fish, a reference to a fish that's easily caught, in other words, a gullible person. But some historians trace April Fool's Day's roots to an even earlier period. The eponymous people of the Roman Empire, with their pantheon of gods, were known for their religious festivals. Their impeccable record-keeping, as well as their art, namely wall frescoes and mosaics, have offered modern scholars detailed glimpses into their religious way of life. Saturnalia, for instance, a winter festival in honor of the god of agriculture Saturn, was held over a six-day period in December, whose traditions, such as gift-giving and feasting, eventually gave rise to the Christmas celebration. Lupercalia, held annually on February 15th, was another such religious festival, albeit considerably more salacious than Saturnalia, with revelers engaging in matchmaking, romantic coupling, and animal sacrifices to ward off evil spirits. In the middle ground between these two extremes, however, was the festival known as Hilaria, from the Latin word for joyful. Celebrated at the end of March to honor the goddess Sibylle, the deity of nature as well as the mother of the gods, revelers could dress in masks or costume and would mock one another, even statesmen and government officials, to lighten the mood and welcome the spring. Much of what we know of the festival comes down to us through the historical accounts of both Flavius Vopiscus, namely his Historia Augusta, a multi-volume text chronicling the customs, political figures, and government under the reign of Augustus Caesar, and Herodian of Antioch, specifically his History of the Roman Empire. In Vopiscus's text, he describes Hilaria as an occasion in which, quote, everything that is said and done should be of a joyous nature, unquote. Herodian's account, however, is a bit more detailed, in which the festival is described as follows. 
Every year on a set day at the beginning of spring, the Romans celebrate a festival in honor of the mother of the gods. All the valuable trappings of each deity, the imperial treasures, and marvelous objects of all kinds are carried in procession before this goddess. Free license for every kind of revelry is granted, and each man assumes the disguise of his choice. No office is so important that permission is refused anyone to put on its distinctive uniform and join in the revelry, concealing his true identity. Consequently, it is not easy to distinguish the true from the false. If some of these practices sound familiar, it's because the good-natured fun of Hilaria has been preserved and passed down to our current time in the form of April Fool's Day. Even still, it's both nice to see and fun to know that an empire as vast in size and serious about its history and conquests as Rome maintained a great sense of humor and levity. Fast forward to more recent history, namely the 18th century. Much of our modern understanding of April Fool's Day stems from Great Britain. In Scotland, for example, a massive two-day event would take place on March 31st and April 1st, respectively. The first day, known as the hunting of the goke, a goke being a cuckoo bird, the classic symbol of a foolish person, people were sent on erroneous errands in search of all manner of nonsensical items. The second day's event, which was riddled with even more practical jokes, was aptly called Taily Day, when such pranks as pinning fake tails on the seats of people's clothes, as well as kick-me signs, was common practice. They always garnered a good laugh from all involved. From such humble beginnings and disparate elements, April Fool's Day has evolved into a worldwide cultural phenomenon, with some of the biggest and best carrying out pranks of epic proportions. There have been several classic practical jokes played throughout the years, many of which have gone down in infamy. In 1749, for starters, a curious ad appeared in London newspapers. It told of an upcoming theatrical performance wherein a grown man would squeeze himself into an empty wine bottle and sing. The ad, reportedly cooked up by the Duke of Portland and the Earl of Chesterfield, was the result of a bet between the two, in which the former stated that he could, quote, advertise something impossible and still find fools enough in London to fill a playhouse and pay handsomely for the privilege of being there, unquote. Sure enough, on the night that the show was scheduled, you guessed it, April 1st, the venue was completely completely sold out. Eventually realizing that they had been tricked, a riot broke out. In 1957, a British newscaster named Richard Dimbleby carried out one of the most notorious pranks in television history. On April 1st of that year, in the middle of a BBC broadcast, Dimbleby reported that the Swiss region of Ticino near the Italian border had had an exceptionally heavy spaghetti crop that year. The camera immediately cut to footage of Swiss farmers gathering spaghetti noodles off of trees and bushes and placing them in baskets before serving up their real homegrown spaghetti at dinner. Naturally, this baffled viewers, who phoned the station to either complain about a humorous fake news segment in an otherwise serious program, or else inquire as to how they could grow their own spaghetti at home. Yet another, and by far one of the most outrageous pranks, took place in the city of Sao Paulo, Brazil in 1959, when, fed up with the city's inflated prices and overflowing sewers, a group of students petitioned to elect a rhinoceros to the city council, thinking her to be a better candidate than anyone else running for the position. The rhino in question was Juan Cacareco, a four-year-old female resident of the city's zoo. Much to the students' surprise, however, she won, with a staggering 100,000 votes. Talk about beast mode! As you can see, April Fool's Day is by far the weirdest and most unique holiday on our calendar, yet no one can deny its cultural legacy. From obscure origins in a variety of different cultures and societies, it has become one day out of 365, 366 in leap years, where everyone can break away from the monotony and tedium of everyday life and have a laugh or two, especially these days when we're bombarded with a barrage of quote-unquote serious headlines and dismal news bulletins, it's indeed a boost to the human heart and spirit. They say laughter is the best medicine. Let us then consider April 1st each year a personal health day.
Thanks for listening, and a very happy April Fool's Day to you all. Be leery of any practical jokers waiting in the wings to pull the ultimate prank on you. I had a lot of fun making this episode, and I hope you have just as much fun listening to it. Give me a follow on Instagram at history underscore loves underscore company. Again, that's history underscore loves underscore company, and say hello on a post or direct message. If you like what you hear and wish to support me and my work, visit anchor.fm slash historylovescompany and click the support button. From there, you'll be directed to three monthly support plans that fit any and all budget. Like, listen, and share wherever you listen to your podcasts, and be sure to tune in next Thursday for yet another brand new episode of the History Loves Company podcast, because history is shaped by all of us. Next week, we'll be traveling to Central America, specifically Mexico, to discover an ancient city hidden in the jungle. This is Chester Sakamoto signing off. See you then.